Good morning, good morning. Welcome on this cool, crisp, well, cold, maybe even uh, morning. The good news about cold is it kills the germs. So I said to them in the first service, if you're sick, go outside. Breathe that air in, all right? It's got to make you better. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. It probably isn't. I'm not a doctor. Don't even play one on the TV. So, all right, so uh, don't take my advice. Let's see. Do we have that muted yet? Let's mute... uh Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, please, we invite you to stop by the Welcome Center and um, pick up a free gift for yourself out there uh, that we have. And then uh, if you're joining online for the first time, if you'd let us know, sbtindy.org slash connect, and let us know you're out there. It's always an encouragement uh, to hear from you. So love that. Pie and Praise is this Tuesday. So our Wednesday services, both the morning and evening services, are moved to Tuesday this week. So it'll be 11 o'clock and 7 o'clock. Both of those services are pie and praise, so uh, we will have pie that we will enjoy uh, eating together or whatever else you bring. It doesn't have to be pie, right? Just something that we can enjoy. And while we're sitting around eating, we're just going to have opportunity to stand up and uh, praise the Lord and and tell the Lord all the wonderful good things that he's done for us. So uh, looking forward to that, both services. It's always a sweet time uh, for our church just to reflect on the year. Uh, Christmas in Wanamaker is open back up again December the 3rd. Uh, we could use some help in the booth. Uh, booth times are, uh, you just stand at the booth and people walk by the booth. We're be, we'll be giving free popcorn and free uh, Pastor John's famous hot chocolate. It's homemade. It's really good if you don't, if you don't mind getting diabetes. But it's really good. Uh, but um, then uh, you can pass out tracts and literature, talk to them about the church. That's why we're there, right? There's, there's no restrictions. Talk to people about the Lord. And then there's a parade and you can be involved in that as well. So sign up in the lobby. That would be great. Christmas at Southeast is Christmas on a Sunday this year, so uh, we'll have our Christmas Eve service Saturday, 7 o'clock, and then the Christmas Day, we will have just one service, not two services, just one, no Sunday schools, no evening service, 1045, one service. If you show up at 6 o'clock, the doors will probably be locked and it'll be cold, so you just do whatever you want, but uh, that's um, Christmas Day, so it's always an exciting time. Ladies Bible Study, studying the book of Ruth. Uh, it starts in January, so you can sign up out there in the lobby. The way you sign up is to hand somebody out there $20, and that will buy your book, and that will get you signed up, all right? And then our missionaries of the week are the Rollins, who are Baptist Church Planting Ministries. They're uh, planting churches in North America, meaning uh, continental U.S. and uh, in Canada. And God's used them again and again to start churches all over the place. Uh, and so if you would just continue to pray for them as they travel, I know that they would appreciate it. And then speaking of missionaries, it's good to have the Klingmans back with us. Is, uh, is Bruce in here? There he is. Are you by yourself? I didn't see anybody but you, so Bruce is here. Uh, he'll, they'll be here although with Monette. She's the important one. Next Sunday? Right. All right. Everybody, wanted, everybody wants to see Monette. Good to have you back. Welcome. I'm looking forward to hearing about the, what the Lord's doing. We'll hear about that next Sunday. Uh, speaking of next Sunday, by the way, Chris Miller, the evangelist, will be here. He always comes in on the holiday weekend, so he'll be preaching for us next Sunday. Looking forward to that. But then uh, the DeFords, Steve uh, and Sherry and uh, Molly, are with us today. We've been supporting them for, uh, we were trying to figure that out, but it's like 30-plus years. About as long as I've been your pastor, we've been supporting them. And it's just been a joy over the years to watch. Appreciate your faithfulness. They're going to be giving us an update in just a little bit, so you'll know who that is when they come up. Any other things I'm supposed to be announcing? Let's, yes, sir. Oh, and Don Dillman is here. We have missionaries all over the place. Hello, Brother Don. I saw your wife here earlier, but I didn't see you. You guys, this is the secret to many years of marriage. You go to different services together. 
And uh, so, anyway, uh, good to have you. Welcome. And uh, Don will be leaving tomorrow. Is that right? Uh, they've been staying in the missions house, so uh, leaving tomorrow. So, welcome. Hello. Are any other missionaries here? Wow, missionaries all over the place. Uh, speaking of missionaries, tonight we need to vote on some missionaries, the Ninens to India, the uh, Countermans to South America, the Taylors to Chile, and the Coopers to Hungary. So uh, be ready tonight, and then two weeks from tonight uh, we'll take up nominations for deacons. Uh, and then last thing I knew there was one other thing I wanted to mention, and that is that today is uh, 68 years of marital bliss for my in-laws. Ben and Beverly Hughes are celebrating 68 years together today. So. Uh, they don't watch online, but we're going to go home tonight, and before we put them to bed, pull that up for them and let them see that we're talking about them, and uh, so they'll enjoy that. All right, let's pray. Father, what a joy it is to be here, to uh, lift you up and to be drawn to you through everything that's said and done. May your hand of blessing be upon it. I pray that you would uh, keep everyone safe in travels as college kids are coming back and forth uh, uh, to school and home, and just pray that you would uh, give everyone a wonderful holiday together, but uh, put your hand upon this service, meet with us today, and we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Sunday. There's not going to be more than one service. You remember? You all good? <laughs> yeah. All right.
Christ have a relationship with Him, we have assurance that we will see Him when we enter into heaven. So we're going to sing Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Let's stand. We'll sing together. All praise to Him who reigns above in majesty supreme who gave His Son your missionaries to the American Indians out in Arizona. It's a pleasure for us to be able to be here today and to give you a report on what the Lord's been doing over the last number of years. Uh, my wife, Sherry, and one of our children, Molly, is sitting back toward the back. So again, I'll have you stand and see them back there. Uh, we are ministering in northwestern Arizona, right on the south rim of the Grand Canyon, on the Wallapai Indian Reservation. I've uh, been there for 14 years. Just prior to that, we were in Canada working with the 
Stony Nation out in western Canada for six years, and prior to that, back in Arizona again, where my folks had been missionaries for a number of years, and I grew up there in that in their home, and the Lord called me then to, to minister to Native Americans ourselves. So we've worked actually with over the years with Pima Indians and San Carlos Apache, our daughter Molly is Apache, again with the Stony in Canada, and now with the Wallapai in northwestern Arizona. Um, just to catch you up on what the Lord's been doing uh, in the last few years anyway, we were, I was able to come back for about four years ago for a missions conference and give a report, but just for those that may not have been here or may not be that familiar with our work, um, we, uh, our, the church also supported my parents for a number of years, Dave and Becky DeFord. My dad died back in 2020 from COVID, um, so mom's still out there and she's active, uh, still has part of the native work, the ministry with the American Indians there, and then she's also just active in another church there in the Phoenix metro area. We're quite a ways from there, actually. We're, we're about three or four hours away. Uh, we're actually closer to Las Vegas than we are Phoenix, so we are in Arizona. Um, but we get to see Mom regularly. Oftentimes folks are asking how she's doing, and we praise the Lord she's doing very well. And again, uh, understands that God still has much for her to do, and so she's excited about the opportunities that God's giving her there. Since we've re returned from Canada to Arizona, uh, God has really worked, and we're just excited to see what God's doing there at Walpi Baptist Church. Just a little bit of the history of our church. About 100 years ago, H.A. Ironside was traveling through northern Arizona along Route 66. He would regularly speak at an Indian Bible camp in Flagstaff, and as he would go back and forth from California to Flagstaff, one of those times, anyway, he stopped in our little town, Peach Springs, Arizona, and uh, realized that there was no gospel work on the reservation there. So we went back to, uh, went back to California, rather, and said, we need to send someone out to Arizona to minister on that reservation. And so back in the 1920s, uh, a young couple by the name of Andersons came out, and the Andersons began what today is the Wallapai Baptist Church. We've been blessed over those years that God has always provided uh, just good, solid men and women that have ministered there in that area, good pastors over the years, and, and again, the, the women that have come alongside and helped and established that work. Mrs. Anderson actually was living right up into the 70s, so she was there, and many of our folks today still remember Mrs. Anderson, uh, and that's just great to even have that connection from back to the beginnings of the church. But over all those years, there's just been a good reputation in our community. The church has always stood well and uh, still continues to have that reputation today. One of the things we noticed when we came uh, 14 years ago was that our people, even though they were a fairly well-established church and been there again for approaching 100 years at that time, really, really had the concept, really saw themselves as being a mission field. And they had always had the, the concept, you know, the missionary comes to us and they minister here and so forth. Well, in, 20, in 2012, uh, we decided to take a, a missions trip, and we took our folks on a road trip up to Canada where we had been, and they were able to see the Stony Reserve that we had ministered in, and having the Bible studies there and so forth, our folks really realized, wow, you know, we have a, a great opportunity and a great ministry where we are, we've been ministered to for all of these years, and, you know, here are these folks up in Canada, they've got, they've got nothing there's, there's no gospel work on that reservation. Again, the folk, when we had to come back from Canada, unfortunately, the church had not been established. We had immigration issues, so we had to leave. We saw a number of folks that were saved and were having Bible studies, but we didn't see a church established while we were there. So our folks were up there, and they realized there's no church. There's Christians here that are hungry for God's word, but there's no way for them really to be effectively fed in a congregation. And it really spoke to their hearts. And came back to Arizona, and our people began to realize, wow, we, we've got something to offer. Um, the, the church began to grow uh, numerically as well as financially. The Lord was taking care of a number of things, and our missions program also began to grow. And in 2016, we'd be, we took another uh, trip. This time it was just a single fellow and I. The church had decided we want to send pastor to some of the missionaries that we support and get a report firsthand from, from pastor of, of some of these ministries. So in 2016, uh, Ray, Reynard, and I went to uh, Papua New Guinea, and what was so exciting about that trip was not just the trip itself, but what God did in Reynard's heart. When we got back home, uh, Reynard was just on fire for the Lord. And he was so excited about what he had seen in Papa 
in New Guinea, and he came back, and he just he wanted to get something. He wanted to be involved in some way, so he himself began a ministry with our uh, seniors on our reservation. And now every week he'll go to the senior center, and he has a devotional with them uh, during during usually during the lunch hour of the day. When they're available, he brings his family along, and they sing, and they've just got that ministry. And it's been great to see how God has grown Reynard and really his entire family uh, since he took that missions trip uh, halfway around the world. Reynard and his wife, Lisa, also are Sunday school teachers at our church, and it's so exciting again to see what uh, God is doing there in their lives. A few years after that, he was really burdened about the folks in jail, and so he began a jail ministry, and that ministry has just really grown. Uh, today, uh, he still is visiting the men every week. Sometimes it goes a couple of times in the week. And then uh, it's grown also the, for the ladies in the jail. My wife, Sherry, and one of the other ladies in the church, they go every week to minister to the ladies that are at the jail. So Reynard, it was just fascinating to see God work in Reynard's heart and to see those ministries started uh, specifically by him and to see those continuing on and, and his enthusiasm and, again, his ministry in our church through the Sunday school class. In 2018, I was able to take another one of our men, Scott, and we went to Okinawa, Japan. We, we uh, support missions to mini, uh, military there in Okinawa. Um, and we went there, and we got to see that work firsthand. Again, bring back a report to our church, and they were excited to hear what the Lord was doing in Okinawa. But for my own self, personally, it was exciting again to see what God was doing in Scott's heart. Scott came back, and he'd, he'd always... Scott's a great big guy. Matter of fact, most of our Wallapai guys are great big. I'm, I'm really small. Can, they're, they're all my bodyguards. You know, I'm kind of small, and they're all great big fellows. Scott's the biggest one of the guys, one of the biggest guys in our church. But he's always been very quiet, very timid, very, uh, very reserved. But when he came back, he realized, you know, I've got a responsibility, too. I can do something for the Lord. I've, I've seen what was able to be done there in Okinawa, and he was just convicted about that. And God used Scott to start a ministry among the juvenile center, the juveniles on our reservation. And again, that ministry was growing, and it was exciting to see uh, young people that were being saved, uh, troubled teens, and, so that, and Scott, again, was used by God to do that. Over the years, uh, Scott has kind of turned that ministry also over to Reynard. Reynard's followed up. And in the meantime, Scott was elected vice chairman of our tribe. So that takes up a lot of his time. But again, as his pastor, it's exciting to me to see many of the people that come into Scott's office are coming in because he's an outspoken Christian now. And they're coming for prayer uh, regarding family situations or whatever it might be. But they'll go to the vice chairman's office, and they're not necessarily doing anything political or anything related to the tribe. They just want to talk to Scott and have Scott pray for them. And that's exciting to see how God, again, has opened up that ministry uh, to Scott and just, again, using him and seeing him grow. 2020, we weren't able to do our trip. We were going to go to New York City. We've got a missionary of the Jews in New York City. But with COVID, that trip had to be canceled. And this is 2022. And so it's time for us to do another missions trip. As it turns out, this calendar year, we're not going to be doing it. But right after the new year, actually January 31st, uh, Lord willing, we're going to be flying out. Uh, my, my deacon and I, deacon's name is Melvin. Melvin and I are going to be flying to Israel and uh, visiting our missionary there in Israel for the first half of February, and we're really excited about that as well. I'm also excited about that trip because for the first time I'm able to take my wife on our missions trip. The Lord's provided the funds for her to go. So we're excited about going and seeing Israel, but I'm really excited about seeing what God is going to do in Melvin's life. Melvin is a faithful Christian. He's serving as a deacon in our church, um, young man, and really since the Lord got a hold of his heart, he's just been very submitted to God and wanted to learn and do whatever the next thing was that God called him to do. So I'm excited about having him go to Israel and see that ministry and, again, seeing how God will work in his life and how the Lord's going to continue to use Melvin then in the future in ministry right there back at Peach Springs. Uh, it's been just so exciting to, to see our church get on fire for missions and what their enthusiasm for missions has done in our own outreach right there in the community. We are the Walpi Baptist Church. We function as many, pretty much any other church would. We've got our Sunday school classes. We've got a men's meeting and ladies' meetings and, and youth uh, activities and things like that. Uh, and the Lord has, again, provided these other ministries through our fellows that they've begun. Uh, a few years back, the Lord also gave us an opportunity to start a radio program. So I've got a, a one-hour a gospel program that I'm able to do. It plays twice, uh, Sunday morning and Wednesday evening. There it's on our secular station. So again, another op, uh, outreach there in our community 
uh, through the radio. Sherry has takes the first three to five minutes of that time and gives a devotional that's really geared toward the ladies of the community. But again, it's been good. And, and especially, it's interesting, I've got the hour. Sherry's got a few minutes. But as we go around to funerals or whatever events it is in the community, it seems like lo- we see a lot of people that will come up to Sherry and say, oh, I heard you on the radio. I heard you on the radio. I get a little bit jealous of that. I've got more time than she does, but she's the one that gets the attention from it. But that's okay. We know that it's out there. It's in the community. It's reaching folks. And it's just been a blessing to see uh, how the Lord has used that as well. And then most recently, uh, I was named chaplain of our uh, tribal police department. And that's also been exciting. Uh, it's, it's a challenging work to be able to go, and, and, but an exciting work to be able to go to people when they're really having, again, some tragedy that's happened in their own life. But to be able to minister to them and share them hope in Jesus Christ. Uh, because, again, when, when, the, when the chaplain's called and the police are called, it's usually that individual's worst day. Um, what I'm also excited about, though, is also working with the officers themselves, getting to know our police chief better and ministering uh, the, Jesus Christ into his life, getting to know our officers. Uh, you, may not, you may not be aware of it, maybe you are, but police officers tend to be uh, pre- a pretty close-knit group and pretty close to anybody from the outside. They're also seeing everybody at their very worst. And as a result of, of going and seeing people that have done things that are horrible and bad, there's a general distrust of humanity among police officers. And so it takes a long time to build the trust of officers. So I'm hoping to be able to build some relationships there and, again, share Jesus Christ with the force themselves and uh, see them growing, uh, receiving Christ. There is one officer for sure that is uh, a Christian We've been friends for a number of years, and one of the ladies in the office also is Christian, comes to our church. Um, but I'm looking forward to having more of an influence in the department itself. And once we get back home, hoping that the Lord will expand that and that I can also be chaplain for the fire department and EMS. So I appreciate your prayers for that. But God is growing the church and growing our missions. We're outreach as well. It's exciting, even though we're a missions ministry, to have a real missions heart and to see what God's doing through Wallapai Baptist all around the world. Appreciate your prayers and your support. And uh, please know that uh, God's doing a work there, but not just there. Again, it's, it's just multiplying, and it's being duplicated around the world. Thank you so much, Pastor, for the opportunity. Jason says to me, uh, Pastor, I'd like for you to lead one of the songs. And uh, so they've chosen, he has chosen, It Is Well With My Soul. And if you know anything about my history, you know that I love to lead that song. There's a reason why I don't lead singing much. It's because my voice just doesn't hold up as well as it used to. Uh, I'm old and I abuse it. But anyway, we're going to stand and sing It Is Well With My Soul. Watch me when we get to that last chorus. Watch carefully. Just listen to me as we sing through. All right? Let's...
You can be seated. And last, uh, we'll sing the song of the month, uh, verse number three, uh, this time around. It compares Christ to Moses. It says, Christ, the true and better Moses, called to lead a people home, standing bold to earthly powers, God's great glory to be known. With his arms stretched wide to heaven, see the waters part in two. See, the veil is torn forever, cleansed with blood we pass now through. So let's sing together the uh, three verses of our Song of the Month, Christ the True and Better. And my soul 
Chapter 1 is where we're going to start. We're, uh, this is a topical message. I don't like topical messages that much, but it's Thanksgiving, and so we're doing topical. Uh, we started the month at uh, Thanks Be to God for Himself, and we looked at the ways that we could be thankful for the God that we have. Oh, by the way, before I forget, again, it is wonderful to have Pharaoh Lee with us. How old is he? Nine days? Ten days. Ten days old. Congratulations. Mom's doing Okay. Dad doing okay? Yeah, okay. You guys getting sleep? Okay, good. Uh, so uh, I think Pharaoh's number nine for the year. We started out with Peyton in May, and uh, it's just been a whirlwind. It's been fun to watch. Anyway, so, um, so we started out the, uh, the month with being thankful to God for himself, the who, what, when, where, and why, that we can be thankful to God. And then uh, last week we looked at being thankful to uh, God for his son, Jesus Christ. And there's a theme the Apostle Paul carries through. Now, you guys have the wonderful privilege of being the second service. So, uh, I, you know, I've hopefully got most of my emotion out of the way in the first service. It just is what it is. I just, there's certain things that just bring out the emotion in your pastor. And uh, this is one of those right here. So you'll find out uh, pretty clearly. But as the Apostle Paul writes, 42 different times the Apostle Paul declares that he is thankful or that we ought to be thankful for something. He, he, he is a, a theme of thanksgiving. And overriding those 42 times, there's two really major themes. He's thankful for the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. And then in Romans chapter 1, he shows us the next thing for Romans chapter 1, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Father, we uh, thank you for uh, being a good God and for the goodness that you have uh, bestowed upon this pastor and upon this ministry. I pray that you would uh, make us truly thankful people. Help us to see how your hand has been at work and be thankful for it. And we'll thank, thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He starts out in Romans chapter 1. This is his first mention uh, of this theme in, in his writings. And he says, I thank Christ for you all. And then the reason in particular he mentions is that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Now, I have no idea if your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. I don't travel the world that much, 
But here's what I do know. I do not have to be ashamed when I go out into Franklin Township or into Greenwood or into Whiteland and say, I pastor Southeast Baptist Tabernacle because your faith is well spoken of out there. And the Apostle Paul says, I am thankful that the people that God has given to me to minister to have a faith that goes beyond the walls of the church and that as I'm out there, their faith is spoken of. What a joy it is. I, I tell you, uh, you, you may or may not understand fully what that does for a pastor to be able to, to be confident when he says, you know, does that mean that we're all doing exactly what we ought to? No. Does that mean that, you know, no. It does not mean that, you know, there's never something that uh, we wish somebody didn't know about somebody or somebody didn't know about your pastor. I'm aware of all of that. But as a general statement, this is the kind of ministry that God has given us here at Southeast Baptist. What a joy it is to know that when I walk out there, when we go to the Christmas thing and we say, hey, we're from Southeast, we set up a booth, people aren't going to shy away from us. Oh, I've heard of that church. They're nuts. I mean, it's not, it's not that. It, what we have is a faith that is well spoken of. And I am thrilled. I thank the Lord for you because of that reason. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he introduces another concept here. He says, but thanks be to God which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. Now, I'm aware that Titus is a very specific person. So I'm, and, and I would never, ever, in, a, in any spiritual sense, compare myself to the Apostle Paul, right? But in this scenario, Paul being the pastor, who is Titus to Paul? Student, assistant, helper, keep filling in all those blanks, right? So in this scenario, if I'm the Apostle Paul, who is Titus? Pastor Andrew, Pastor Brett. You see this? And I want to show you something. Paul says, uh, read it carefully. He says, I am thankful that the earnest care, the love that I have, Paul says, for the ministry that God's given me is shared by Titus. And, um, wow, what a joy it's been. I, I, you may or may not say this from time to time, but it's, it's just true. I say it because it's true. I have had at least seven times, I was trying to remember, uh, but I, I can remember seven, at least seven times in which a pastor has come up to me and says, to me, John, what's your secret? How do you get these guys to come work for you? Because I'm telling you, people want our assistant pastors in their ministry. It's just the reality. They do. Uh, they're, they're, it's unique what God has done. And what God has done is he's given us two guys that, that share the same love for the ministry that God has given us as your pastor does. It's, it, what a joy it is. I am thankful that Pastor Brett, Pastor Andrew have not just come alongside and helped me, but they themselves have embraced this ministry as their own. And it, it's changed so much. So, you know, the Apostle Paul says, I love you people, and now Titus loves you people. And, and it's just, it, it becomes a great plus. But he goes on in Ephesians to expand it even further. He says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints. So here's, here's what happened. Paul's love spilled over to Titus. And as Paul and Titus are loving the people, now the people, their love begins to spill over to one another. He, he, he literally says what's happening here is now that you folks now have embraced the concept of loving the saints. And so it started with Paul, and he says, I'm thankful for you. And then 
Titus, who joins in with Paul to, to share with that joy of, of the love of that ministry. And then it spills over to the people. So now then, the people of Paul's ministry are actually loving each other. I don't know if you can get this. I, I, I'm sure you can. It's not like you're uh, dense here, but I don't know if you can understand my heart. Do you know, I've been here 31 years. We've never had a church split. I don't, I don't wring my, my hands together thinking, oh, no, we're going to have another business meeting. What's going to happen this time? I've ne- we've never had that. We've walked through building projects and land acquisitions and, and all kinds of different things, and, and you've just done it. You know what's happened is that you've learned how to love each other. And do you know what that does? For a pastor, do you know how that frees a pastor up? You know what I don't do? I don't spend all kinds of time every week putting out fires. I don't. I, I, you, you guys aren't starting any, to my knowledge. And if you are, you're hiding them very well. Just keep it that way. You understand? It makes this pastor. Paul says, I am so thankful because I love you, Titus loves you, and now you love each other. And what a difference this makes in a ministry. I'm just, I'm astounded to to watch. I, I, I honestly, you know, when somebody says, Pastor, how do you how do you do it? How do you get, you know, uh, those guys to work for you? I don't know. I don't. God's just been so good to this preacher. And then, you know, people honestly say, Pastor, how do you, how do you get, I, I am almost embarrassed sometimes to talk about our ministry to other people. Not because I'm embarrassed about you people. It's just that I'm talking to another pastor, and and he's hurting. His church is struggling, and his church. You folks have made it so easy to pastor, and it's because you love each other, and uh, it's changing everything. Uh, he goes on in verse uh, in Colossians chapter one. He says, "We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you." Since we heard of your faith in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, that faith is going to be uh, spoken of again and again, and the love which you have to all the saints. And twice now he said all the saints. And this is an amazing thing. This, is, this has been really fun to watch because not only have we learned how to love each other, but we've slowly, well, not even slowly, I guess, just here's where we are, we've come to the realization that God's actually working outside the walls of Southeast Baptist, right? Other churches are being used by God, too. And so our love goes to all the saints. It's been great to watch as our church people have in personally involved themselves in the ministries of our, of our missionaries. And they're interested in what God's doing there. They realize that God's actually working outside of this place, too. And what a joy it is to watch the love of Jesus Christ just spill over to this saint and to this saint and to this saint. And, and man, I, I'm, you can't know how much that makes pastoring a joy. It, 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 I, I don't approach this pulpit with, with fear and trepidation other than the fear that I would be stupid and say something I shouldn't say. I'm sorry I shouldn't say that word in front of young people. Um, but, you know, you know I, I, that, that's the fear... But, what a joy it is because you've learned how to love, and that's, that's just incredible. In, first, in Second Thessalonians, he says this. It, it gets even better. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. I, I have had the joy. I, I don't know if you realize this or not, but I, I've been here long enough that I have grandchildren in the youth group. Now, not personal grandchildren, but I have kids that started out in youth group that are now adults in our church whose kids are in the youth group. Do you understand? So we have grandchildren in the youth group. And uh, it's been incredible to watch as God has grown people up. I have had the privilege of walking, watching many of you take Amazing steps of faith. I mean, steps that, you know, 
five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you would have never thought you could ever do. And yet you're called upon by God to take a step of faith. And what a joy it is to watch as your faith has grown exceedingly and you take that step of faith. It makes us thankful. We, we need to be thankful people, thankful for one another, looking at what God has done. You know, I am convinced that a lot of pastors miss out on the joys of the ministry because they don't stay long enough to see this kind of stuff happening. You know, if, if, you, if you stay for two years, go someplace else, stay for two years, go someplace else, you never get to see this, where faith is growing exceedingly. Because none of us, Let's be honest. None of us grow at that, you know, at that uh, speed. We don't, we don't grow at lightning speed. We grow more like a plant, like the Bible tells us. We're like a tree that's planted by the water. And one day you walk out and you're like, wow, look how big that tree is. I didn't realize how much it's grown since 20 years ago we planted it. But it's a slow, steady growth. Do you understand? But to watch as God has challenged the, the people here at Southeast Baptist to grow and to watch that faith grow exceedingly, but not just their faith that goes on to say, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other abounds. So not only have you learned to love each other, but it's beyond. I mean, you love each other beyond expectation. It thrills my heart to no end when somebody says, Pastor, I saw so-and-so. I went to visit so-and-so. Pastor, I took some food to so-and-so. They didn't, no one assigned it. No one asked them to do it. It's the love of Jesus Christ abounding in people's lives. And you're watching. And if you don't stick around someplace long enough, you'll never get to see that. But after 31 years, I have been, I am thankful to the God who I have been able to watch work in your life. And I'm thankful for you because you've been growing in your faith and you've been growing in your love. And it's abounding. Philemon you know, the, the Apostle Paul, uh, remember, met uh, Onesimus, the, uh, the slave that was, had rebelled against his master, run away, Paul meets him, leads him to Jesus, and now Paul is taking him back because Paul personally knows the master. The master is also a Christian. And uh, so here we are in Philemon. And he says, I thank God, making mention of thee, he's done to Philemon, always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. Now listen, the Apostle Paul is starting this letter and he's about to say, oh, and by the way, I sent Onesimus back to you. And the reason the Apostle Paul is excited about this is because he knows this about Philemon. Philemon loves Jesus and he loves Christians. So now this slave that had mistreated Philemon is coming back to Philemon. And Paul is confident that Philemon is going to do the right thing. Why? Because he loves the Lord and he loves Christians. Do you see what that's done for the Apostle Paul? How it makes his ministry so much easier? Oh, by the way, Phil, I'm sending Onesimus back to you. Here you go. Do the right thing. And to be confident that he's going to do the right thing. To be confident that's what's going to happen. And that's where we are here at Southeast. Um, I'm confident. This is why we can host the choir. You understand? I'm not going to say much more. We're online. But we can host the choir because I'm confident that you know how to show, that you love Jesus enough that you know how to show the love of Jesus Christ. That's the kind of church that, wow, I am thankful this holiday season for what God has done in this place. It's been amazing to watch, and I'm thankful for you. First, First Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul writes this. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing, and then he lists three things. Your work of faith, Labor of love. We'll talk about those two. Your work of faith and your labor of love. Sometimes, you know, it's occasionally we're like, hey, we need some more volunteers and we're slow in getting there. But by and large, you know what happens? 
we stand up and say, we need some volunteers, and before we're out the door, we've got people standing in line saying, I've never done it before, Pastor, but if you show me what to do, I can do it. You don't understand how much that means to a ministry. Honestly, not only do I, do I struggle to, to talk to people about our staff, but when, when, when I go to a, a preacher's fellowship, I usually don't stand up and brag on you. And the only reason is because most of the other preachers are there and they're like, I, I, they think I'm lying. I, I'm just honest. They, they, just, they look at me and think, there's no way. Nobody can have a church like that one. Nobody can have a church like that. And I don't even try to explain it. I can't explain it. I don't understand it myself. I'm watching what God has done in this place. And we get to Thanksgiving and I say, God, for the people you have placed in this ministry. What a joy it is to serve in this place. And that's what the Apostle Paul is. But then he goes on and says, and thy patience of hope. And uh, what's that word for hope that we use to, to help us understand it? Am I remember? Expectation. Certainty. It's not, oh, I hope so, like maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. No, it's an ex- we know it's going to happen, we just don't know the when. And so that's where the patience comes in. We have to be patient because we don't know the when, right? I know that one day I'm going to grow up and start acting like a young adult instead of acting like an old child. Right? I know, and you're, you're hanging on with that hope. I hope it happens soon, Pastor, we're still hanging on, 31 years. You're patient in that hope. What a joy it is to, to watch as God's people are willing to be patient as God does a work and not lose hope. He goes on, bumps everything up a little bit in Romans chapter 16. Romans 16, the Apostle Paul starts out by saying, you know, I commend to you Phoebe. And then he starts listing all the things that Phoebe's done to help him out. And then he gives this person, this person, this person. But in, in Romans chapter 16, verse 4, he bumps everything up. He says, these people have for my life laid down their own necks. I mean, there are some people, the Apostle Paul says, that have, have grown to love me in such a way that they make sacrifices for me. And I have been blessed here at Southeast Baptist to watch people make sacrifices for their pastoral staff just because you love us. And it is incredible to watch. And we become thankful for that. I'm running out of time, so let me get through this. He says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, he says, I'm thankful without ceasing because when the word was preached, you didn't think, oh, this is what pastor's saying. I'm paraphrasing now. He says, you did not think of it as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. We have, we have literally grown such as a church that you, 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 as a general statement, you folks are saying, Pastor, if you can show it to me in the Bible, we'll do it. If, if it's in the Bible, we'll do it. It's the Word of God. We don't really care what you think, Pastor, but if it's in the Bible, we'll do it. And that is incredible for a church. It's incredible for a pastor. First Thessalonians chapter 3, he says this, For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sake. Paul says, oh, you are our joy and rejoicing, our crown. You do not understand how much joy you brought into our lives. I, the ministry here is not a burden. It's not. It is a joy. And the reason is because of the people God has brought together in this place. You are that joy. So the Apostle Paul, I'm going to finish it with this one, says in Philippians 1, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. What a great church God's given to us. Let's be thankful for one another. So as we go to invitation. It's an invitation to be thankful. Maybe you need to go to someone today 
who God has strategically placed in your life through Southeast Baptist Tabernacle and say, hey, I just want to thank the Lord for you and for what you've done. Because uh, we've watched as you've grown. We've watched as your love has abounded. We've watched as you've served and the joy that it brings. It's incredible. Let's stand. Head bowed, eyes closed, please. We're going to sing something. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. And... Uh, as we go to the invitation, the altar is open. Father, use your word as it's on forth. Make us thankful people. Help us to love you, to love you first and foremost, and then to love each other, to love the saints. And I uh, thank you for this ministry that you've given to us here. We praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together. Thank you, Lord. Sing that chorus together one more time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me to you. I told you I wouldn't be emotional, but anyway, it is what it is. So, you know, I love you. Lord bless you. Keep you. Make his face shine up and give you peace. Love you all. God bless you. We're thankful and we love you. Thank you, TJ. Johnny. All right.